0: We continue our studies in the book of Proverbs. We have been looking at themes throughout this poetical book, doctrines of God, the doctrine of salvation, the doctrine of sin. We've been looking at virtues and vices and some famous uh, passages, for instance, dealing with marriage, dealing with um, person's temper, dealing with uh, labor, just many, many themes that we have considered. In other words, the, the Bible is written primarily to believers, and the Proverbs especially is written to help a Christian navigate in this fallen world. Well, there are many Proverbs uncovered by themes might say and uh, there are repeated Proverbs that that are are due our consideration so regarding the repeated Proverbs that's a way that the Bible might underline some important truth you know how we highlight things when we're reading um, or underline special Sayings. The repeated proverbs tell us about some important things that should be remembered. There are repeated proverbs about the harm of gossip, about a slothful fear of lions. Remember the text that the slothful says there's a lion outside and he doesn't want to go to work, use of excuses. You have the contentious wife and, and a word about marriage preparation. You have sowing discord among brethren repeated. These are verses that are actually verbatim. Um, righteousness that prepares for death versus riches that uh, are, do not prepare you for eternity famous one is there's a way which seemeth right unto a man but the end thereof are the ways of death a way that's deceptively appealing and several others if you will these repeated proverbs form markers on the highway of life one might one repeated proverb might say dead end or danger or one way or detour or this is the finishing line or proceed cautiously or I'm not responsible for liability. You've seen those markers, haven't you? Well, this, more, this afternoon is the marker called the starting line. Uh, you've probably seen a race, you've been, or maybe you've been in a race, there's a starting line, or maybe you've seen a horse race and there are starting blocks, are they called, or starting or even a a race uh, in in a school track meet. You have starting blocks, right? Um, But then there's also the the stocks of horses. The horses are in a stock, right? And they open a door and the horse is on its way. And I think that this would be a proverb that's mentioned very early and is a proverb mentioning the starting line for a soul. Chapter 1, verse 7. We we have looked at the theme of the fear of the Lord, but I would like to revisit the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Now it's a little bit different in chapter 9, verse 10, where it says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, but they are repeated proverbs. Knowledge and wisdom are different. Knowledge is a is a gathering of, of facts, of truths, and wisdom is how to apply those facts and those truths of the Bible. But the fear of the Lord is said to be the beginning of knowledge and the beginning of wisdom. Now in chapter 1, verse 7, remember Proverbs is a poetical book, but when we think of poetry, we think of rhyme, But in Hebrew, the poetry is mostly parallelism. Something is in parallel with the other. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but, notice that, fools despise wisdom and instruction. That's what's called antithetic parallelism. They're opposites. You'll find many opposite proverbs. A soft answer turns away wrath, but, grievous, words stir up anger they're opposites we find many antithetic parallels but chapter 9 verse 10 the fear of the lord is the beginning of wisdom doesn't say but but and the knowledge of the holy is understanding the knowledge of the holy one is understanding we call that synonymous parallelism they're not opposites they are Echoing the second one is echoing the first. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. They're in parallel, they're saying something similar. That's called synonymous parallelism. And for the sake of the third parallel, uh, it's called synthetic parallelism, which is not different proverbs or even similar proverbs but the second proverb adds to the thought of the first one and i'll use a verse about the fear of the lord chapter 14 verse 27 uh, the fear of the lord is strong confidence and his children shall have a place of refuge you see how it adds to the first thought the fear of the lord will bring strong confidence and his children shall have a place of refuge. So confident in the Lord, and he provides a place of refuge. And then the fear of the Lord is a fountain of life to depart from the snares of death. So you see that that second statement adds to the first one. That's called synthetic parallelism, adding to the thought. Now, the word beginning signals that this is something that's thing. This is something that's the first thing that a person should consider as far as preparing the soul for eternity, getting right with God. This is the starting point, and it's in chapter 1, very close to the very beginning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And as you see this, it's the first proverb of the book the other six verses introduce you and prepare you for the proverbs how helpful they are they're the proverbs of solomon or proverbs of david they're going to help you know wisdom and instruction and so on it just piles on the benefit of the proverbs that are to follow the very first one the starting point it's saying begin here as far as gaining wisdom from God. This is our starting block in the race of life. The fear of the Lord is the beginning. Notice that. It's the beginning. That's what it's saying. The word beginning is the word head. It's the very first thing. Like it says in Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Jacob said that His son was the beginning of his strength. It says in chapter 4 of Proverbs, wisdom is the principal thing. Micah has an interesting statement in chapter 1, verse 13. Lachish is the beginning of sin to Israel. And as you you look into that text, what it's saying is, and a man named Wolki said this, Idolatry got a foothold at Lachish and quickly leavened all Israel. Idolatry started at Laish and it 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 spread like leaven, like a contagion through Israel. And you know what he compared it, for instance, to Hollywood. What is it that began the downfall of America, not just Hollywood, but um you would say Roe versus Wade, as far as the, the uh, precipitation of, of the slaughtering of infants, Obergefell uh, legalizing same-sex marriage, and there are all these beginnings, these, these starting points toward the ruin of this country. And the Bible's saying here, this begins not the ruin of a soul, this begins the salvation of the soul. This is, this is the starting point, the fear of the Lord. That's the starting line for knowledge and wisdom. Some would say, well, isn't a respect of the Bible a starting point because no one is going to listen until they believe that the Bible is the word of God? Well, there is a sense in which they're, they're, they're both together. You're not going to believe the Bible is the word of God unless you believe the Lord is real. The Lord is, is worthy of our respect and our awe. And so they go hand in hand. I would dare say that a fear of the Lord will result in a respect of the scriptures. You've got to first posit the Lord and who he is. And then you see that his word is worthy of respect. Now, what does it mean, the fear of the Lord? Does that mean that we fear God? God is the object, the Lord is the object of our fear? Or does that mean that the Lord produces the fear and in a sense they're both true and most would probably say this is saying if i fear god it will be the chief the principal thing for me to gain knowledge and wisdom but i again i dare say that there's not going to be a respect a holy reverence for god until you study who he is until you know who the Lord is. Uh, and then you begin to fear him when you see that the Lord is all-powerful and all-knowing, and present everywhere. I'm not afraid of an ant. You study an ant all you want, but it's not going to threaten the human race, as it were. It's, it's, a, it's a neat creature, but there's no fear. But if I study a grizzly bear and I'm going to to walk in his domain and into the woods where I know grizzly bears exist. As I study the grizzly bear, I will gain a respect for that bear before I take a, a hike into the mountains where that bear might exist. And so think of it in a large sense. This is God's world, and we're hiking God's world we're breathing in God's world we're daring to sleep and be vulnerable to this God who created the world do we know this God if we as we study the Bible and study natural revelation we understand like it says the, the heavens declare that God is glorious Look how glorious the heavens are. It reflects the artist. It reflects the creator. And if he can do something like that, what else can he not do that is worthy of respect? Who is the Lord? Well, you know by natural revelation, he's the creator. Psalm 19 in Romans 1, creation declares that God is the creator. And in Romans 1, man should assume that he's the creator. Man makes a skyscraper, but God makes the sky. Big difference, isn't there? As you ponder some of these thoughts, man makes artificial lights, God made the sun and stars. Man makes furnaces, God makes a hell. Man makes pools and lakes, maybe, but God makes oceans. Man makes atom bombs, but God makes volcanoes to erupt. Man makes irrigation systems, but God makes it rain. Man may cause local floods, but God caused a global flood. Man makes powerful engines, but God causes tornadoes and hurricanes. Man can burn down towns, God can burn down the earth. Man can treat a living body, but God can raise a dead body. Man has visited the moon, but God inhabits heaven. Man can kill a body, but God can kill a soul. Who is the Lord? He is spirit. You can't see him or harm him. He is infinite. There are no limits by space or matter or time. He's eternal. He's unchangeable by time, space, or any of his creatures. He's unchangeable, he's he's infinite, eternal, and unchangeable in his being, who he is, his wisdom, his power, his holiness, his justice, his goodness, and his truth. And again, the study of God in the Bible, not just the study of God in creation, but especially the study of God, theology, should cultivate awe. Think about the, the works of God in the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation. Just, this is just a sampling. Creation. He created the heavens and the earth. The first surgery where he took a rib from Adam and made Eve. A global flood. He caused the languages of the earth. He can visit someone in a nightmare. He caused the plagues in Egypt and the parting of the sea. God has executed people for their sins, like Nadab and Abihu. He caused the donkey to talk. He caused an earthquake, earth to open, and people went to hell alive. God caused an elevator to happen in Jericho. Many believe that the walls of Jericho just fell down, not fell over, where they would not have been able to walk over those ruins, but that the actual walls just collapsed like an elevator. You ever heard of raven service? Someone was fed by ravens. The first taxi. Taxi. The rapture of Elijah. The taming of lions. He caused the king. He turned a king into a beast. Talk about beauty and the beast. A virgin birth. Walking on water. Changing weather. Changing water into wine. Raising the dead. Feeding thousands with one lunch. Commanding fish to swallow a person or to swallow a A hook. Healing of a man born blind. Surgery on the spot when Malchus' ear was cut off. Training a rooster when he can crow or not. Saving sinners. Atoning for sin. turning a sinner into a saint. You know, all these studies of God and creation and revelation in Scripture should produce a reverential awe of God. The fear by way of natural revelation must proceed to a fear by way of special revelation, the study of God's word. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge that speaks of scriptural truths. If the heavens say God is glorious in creating, what must his word say? He is creator, he is glorious, he is judge, he is Savior, he is good, he, is, he has a gospel, he has a heaven to gain, he has a hell to shun. But the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, chapter 9. How do I respond to the knowledge that is gained by fearing him? Unlike fools, verse 7 of chapter 1, we do not despise wisdom and instruction. We respect his word and we receive it. We obey God's words of knowledge and wisdom. As fleshed out and unpacked in Proverbs and beyond, here is how we exercise skill in in the use of knowledge. We agree with God that we're sinners. We accept that we're fallen creatures. We believe in his way of salvation. We hate evil. We depart from evil. We confide in God alone for salvation. We pray to him. We humble ourselves under his mighty hand. We worship him and not idols. We seek to obey his commandments. The fear of the Lord in Proverbs leads to avoiding evil, to not envying sinners. It's a fountain of life to depart from the snares of death. It brings honor to the life of those who trust in him and fear him. God is worthy of fear. You hike in grizzly country, you're going to have a healthy fear. You ought to have a healthy fear of grizzlies. You swim in shark waters. I don't like to swim in shark waters. You hear of the sharks that have been biting people and killing people, but if you swim in shark waters, you'll have a healthy respect of sharks. If you study the sharks, if you walk near Great Gator ponds, you better watch out for gators. Poor older woman in Florida walking her little dog, and the camera had the gator coming fast toward her. She never saw it. The gator wasn't after the woman. The gator was after the little bu- little dog, and the dog got out of the way, but the woman was in the way gator can drag a person down into and under the water in no time. We are living and breathing and sleeping and working and playing in God's world. Never mind the sharks. Never mind the grizzly bears. Never mind the gators. These are creatures of God. You and I are living in God's world. Thou, God, seest me. Remember the text when the Egyptians sensed the Lord looking down upon them. They didn't realize that God was over them. He was looking right into their army. And they sensed the wrath of God coming upon them. Lord, talking to a king in a dream, tell me that that king doesn't sense that he is... He is subject to God's power. Thou art a dead man, he said, if you don't give give up that man's wife. Thou God seest me. And yet so often in the world, they act like those in Psalm 50 and verse 21. Thou thoughtest that I was altogether such a one as thyself. but man must see before he dies without Christ that God is worthy of fear respect, awe, reverence. That's the, the beginning of knowledge and the beginning of wisdom. That's where we should start. Do you know who the Lord is? He made you. He has a prison for those who sinned against Him. But He has a heaven for those who will trust in Him. He sent His own Son to live and die for us. Fear Him. Respect Him. Listen to Him. It's it's for your own soul. It's It's to your demise, to your death, to your destruction, to your judgment if you do not listen to God. Listen to God. Study God by natural revelation, but especially study who God is through special revelation. From Genesis to Revelation, the Lord is God. The Lord is worthy to be feared. There's none like unto the Lord. Fear of the Lord is the first thing. It's it's the starting point for you and me to know God and to have the hope of eternal life. Fear of the Lord is the beginning. It's the first thing thing, not riches, not fame. It's the fear of the Lord. That's where man must begin. And you and I need to realize that this is a leverage to witness to people. You've got to fear God. You will fear God one day. There's not a person that's ever been born, a person that's ever existed that is not going to fear God one day, sooner or later. Do you know the Bible says that Jesus feared God? He respected the Lord. The man Jesus respected. You know, I can say this, I believe it's true, that God, God respects himself. He doesn't deny himself. He knows He's worthy of fear. He knows there's none like unto Him. None like unto Him. None like unto the Lord. Let us fear Him. Let us fear Him more. More deeply. May God help us to live in the fear of the Lord all the day long. That's Proverbs 23, 17. Envy not sinners, but be in the fear of the Lord all day long. Father, bless this brief word. We need thee, Lord. Forgive us where we have been irreverent. Forgive us, Lord, where we have insulted you with our sin. We have underestimated your glory. Even, Lord Jesus, as you taught us in your conversation with the Pharisees, whose son is the Messiah? Lord Jesus, You are the Son of David, but You are, firstly, the Son of God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we fear You. But please increase our reverence, our awe, that we will live carefully and closely to Thee. Please help us to love Your Word. Teach us, Lord, to walk humbly with you, to walk always with a sense of your glory and majesty. Know, Lord, in heaven, all the saints and angels adore thee. They, They worship thee. They fear you. The cry of heaven, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. Oh, we don't realize it, Lord. Even the whole earth is full of your glory. Hasten the day when the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Oh, God, cause sinners to see who you are, to flee from the wrath to come, to bow their knee to thee. Oh, the devil's a liar. So many. Say they have no fear of you, Lord. They know not that they are in your domain. You are drawing every soul to the day of judgment. Father in heaven, hear our prayers. Cause the church to fear you, Lord. Lord, we think of the psalmist who said that when you revive the church, then the world shall fear you. If there's no fear of God in the church, how can we expect it in the world? God, be merciful to us and bless us and cause his face to shine upon us. That thy way may be known upon the earth. And thy fear in all the nations. May it be. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. turning together to hymn number 23, Immortal, Invisible, God Only wise.